Tesla, the highest revenue company that we've ever reviewed on this show. You know what it does, direct to consumer selling cars through e-commerce, okay? So given that, if you just knew that snippet of information, they sell cars through e-commerce, you might expect to find a well-oiled marketing machine. All the boxes ticked, so slick content strategy, well-run paid ads, ruthlessly optimized website. After all, Tesla is a tech and digital first business. But if you analyze Tesla by standard digital marketing rules, that's not what you find at all. What you actually find is a weird, potentially boring, and in some cases even dangerous, hodgepodge of poorly optimized marketing channels. There are hundreds, thousands, even millions of businesses doing a much better job of digital marketing than Tesla if you use standard rules. But in Tesla's case, none of that matters. You see, Tesla is doing one thing so supremely well that the normal rules of marketing just don't apply. It's a bit like if a cheetah's entering the 200 meter race in the Olympics, a cheetah doesn't need to worry about the shoes it wears, its body fat percentage, nutrition in the last 24 hours, or pretty much any of the consideration of the other entrants, right? Tesla is so good in this one area that everything else is irrelevant. Well, almost irrelevant. In this deep dive, we're going to look at what Tesla does poorly, the lessons that we can learn from them, but also we're going to examine what it does so supremely well that its shortcomings don't hold it back. This is a fascinating deep dive, completely different to most that we've done before. So I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed researching it. And don't forget you can check out the YouTube version of this and all of our podcasts on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja. You'll find it. You're a functioning Siri, adult. I couldn't hear what you said. Yeah, cheers, Siri. Enjoy. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency that helps our clients generate more leads and sales through their website. In this latest in our digital marketing deep dive series, we're going to be examining the digital marketing behind Tesla's growth. Now, Tesla is, as I've said in the intro, doesn't really meet the standards of what is considered good marketing in so many areas. So how we're going to break this down is firstly, we're going to look at some of the shortcomings and they are serious shortcomings. We're going to look at social, we're going to look at website and traffic. Then we're going to take a look at some of their competitors and how their competitors on the surface are actually doing a much better job. After that, we're going to look at this one thing that Tesla is doing so supremely well that nothing else matters. And actually, I'm going to prove to you that Tesla is even bigger than the electric our category. Then at the end, we're going to learn the lessons from this one thing that we can all go away and apply to our businesses. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so let's start with social media. Tesla is so well known on social has so many followers across all of its channels. And yet, if you go onto the Tesla Twitter page, for example, if I was to review the Tesla Twitter page as part of our digital marketing teardown sessions that we run on Fridays on YouTube, you would say there is loads of room for improvement. 
For example, most of their posts have very, very little personality to them at all. It's so factual. At the time of recording this, there is a video shot from above which says Solar Roof powers Buffalo Heritage Carousel in New York. That's it. There's no context, there's no CTA, there's no personality. The post before that says Model Y arrives in Europe and there's four pictures of a car. Again, no personality. It's almost like they're not even trying. They've got other posts. If we go on that Model Y arrives in Europe, for example, there are, uh, let's see, there's about 2000 comments. The majority of them are actually people trying to scam people out of their money by selling these Tesla bitcoins and Ethereum. This is majority of the comments when a post goes live are these like scam things. Why isn't Tesla even deleting them? Most businesses would have a huge team of people that would be deleting all of this spam stuff as quickly as possible. It's really bizarre. If you go on their YouTube channel, so they've got 2 million subscribers on YouTube, which is incredible. And yet the channel is barely optimized. The header image is a picture of a few cars. There's no description about them at all. The intro video just says Tesla. It's a three-year-old video and it says Tesla's mission is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. There's no other explanation whatsoever. This is, by any standard, a poorly optimized YouTube channel. And yet, 2 million subscribers. Their most recent video at the time of posting this is actually uh, from two weeks ago. It was posted on their Twitter page and it is their Model S played car at Nürburgring setting a speed record for an electric manufacturer, stock manufactured car at Nürburgring, one of the most famous racing tracks in the world. Now, if I tell you that, you think, great, this would be social media gold, right? This would be, you know, you could optimize this on YouTube. You could have a great video with an awesome thumbnail that gets loads of click-throughs. You could really present this as something massive. Can you imagine the amount of hype that most businesses would give an achievement like this? Well, with Tesla, there's absolutely none of that. The title of the video is literally Model S played at Nürburgring. Forget about the fact that they've set a world record. Forget about the fact that this is now officially the world's fastest electric production car. That's not even mentioned. The description says Model S played sets an official full lap time of 735.579. The 735 is being picked up as if it's a timestamp, so it's weirdly hyperlinked. There's no hashtags, there's no description, there's no call to action, there's just nothing. In the video itself, it's a 7 minute 45 video, which is just filmed from the uh, passenger seat perspective. There's no intro, there's no description of what this is, there's no breakdown of what features that a car had on it, there's no outro, there's no call to action, there's no voiceover, no personality at all. Now, if we compare this to, for example, the hype that Red Bull gave um, that jump from space, completely different experience. This was live stream, there was loads of snippets posted on loads of different channels, there's cut-ups used all over the place because this is a really significant achievement. But with Tesla, there's none of that. They've got the makings of some absolute gold and yet they've done nothing or on the surface it looks like they've done absolutely nothing with it. If we go onto their Instagram page, it doesn't get any better at all. If you look through their pictures, and they are all pictures, there's no design whatsoever anywhere, there's no custom design, it's just 
pictures a combination of professionally taken shots, drone shots, and then pictures taken on someone's phone. Honestly, it looks like the personal feed of someone who hasn't really thought about Instagram. We wouldn't approve of this type of thing usually for a personal profile, let alone a brand, and certainly not a brand worth $750 billion. It's madness. If you look at individual posts, there are no hashtags used at all. One of the pictures is uh, Model 3 arriving in Zeebruge. There's no other description, no hashtags, no context, nothing. It's just a picture of a bunch of cars in a field next to some wind turbines. So this is kind of how it goes. It doesn't even look like they've got any brand guidelines for their social media content at all. You're not seeing regular use of color schemes. You're not using seeing usage of fonts because there's no design involved at all. It doesn't look like Tesla has a content designer on their team. There are no hashtags, the captions are rubbish. Everything is rubbish on the surface. There's another post uh, which says Tesla Seats Factory, and it's a picture of some seats lined up in a factory. I mean, you know, if you were advising a car manufacturer on what to post on their social channels, you probably wouldn't say, what this page really needs is a picture of your seats in the factory. Nobody cares. And yet people do care. This has had over 300,000 likes. Let's move on to their website because you'll be amazed, but probably not, to hear that things don't get significantly better. For example, when you go to the homepage, there is no introduction to Tesla at the top of the page. We go straight into choosing between different product categories. So we've got full screen image of the Model 3, the subheadline, there's no other context, it just says Model 3 and a picture of a car. And then the subheadline is 1% company car tax, which is only relevant to a tiny fraction of the potential customers for this car. There is a button that says custom order, another button that says available inventory. There's no other description, there's no context around those CTAs, there's none of that. The next screen as we scroll down is the Model S, same thing. Next screen down is solar and power wall. Power everything is the headline. No mention of the fact that this is solar roofs and home battery packs. None of that, no description, no copy whatsoever. Then Model X, Model Y, and then accessories at the bottom with a picture of something where there's no description of exactly what it is. The button just says shop now. There is no copy on this page whatsoever. There is nothing to set the scene. For someone who is new to Tesla, there is no information whatsoever. Now, if we were reviewing this as a typical website for a typical company, we would say this needs a rebuild. And you need to think about the user journey. You need to think about people that are coming to this business new. You need to help them navigate through the different models. If they don't know the difference between the different models, we need to be comparing this to help people find the right one for them. We need to stack up the benefits of each against each other so we can funnel people through to the right products for them. No setting the scene whatsoever. Now they have optimized their page title, you know, the piece of code that sits behind the homepage. Really, really important for SEO, actually the most valuable piece of real estate. And that's interesting because honestly, by this stage, I was expecting the homepage title to be, you know, Tesla home, right? Total washout. We use that as a bit of a joke when we're laughing at websites that haven't been optimized. They have. In this case, the page title says electric cars, solar and clean energy, Tesla, United Kingdom. Now, electric cars, great. Solar and clean energy, they could have done better because Tesla isn't just selling solar and clean energy. In fact, Tesla doesn't sell clean energy at all. 
Tesla cells, battery packs, and solar roofs, so they could have done a better job of that. But as we see later, it doesn't massively matter. The other thing that we would be recommending on a site like this is some sort of lead capture. So if you're not ready to buy a car on their website, right, which many people won't be, what are your options? Well, you can schedule a touchless test drive or nothing. You can't join the mailing list. You can't join the Tesla fan club. There's no options for that. It would be an absolute no-brainer. Can you imagine the volume of email subscribers they would get if they had joined the Tesla fan club, even if they sent these people, you know, adverts for Tesla merch or whatever, they'd monetize that easily. Throw that audience into retargeting and remarketing lists. Have that first-party data, which is so, so important for advertising. None of that. Where's the content on this site targeting non-branded search? There's no blog, there's no knowledge base. They could crush for every non-branded search term around solar roofs, solar energy, how to make your house more efficient, how to move off grid. They could be absolutely destroying for all these terms, if only they tried. So if you judge Tesla's digital marketing by any normal metrics, by any standard logic, they are leaving money on the table. This looks like marketing done by engineers. And basically, that's exactly what it is. Tesla is an engineering company run by an engineer, and it's taken a pretty engineering -y approach to marketing with Elon saying, we don't buy advertising. That's not strictly true. Actually, they do. And they've got some PPC running for some of their solar terms, both in the UK and in the US. But on the whole, Tesla doesn't buy advertising. And it kind of sneers a little bit at marketing. Now, what's really interesting is if we look at their competitors, we see exactly what we would expect to see for direct-to-consumer high-ticket items. So, for example, if we look at Polestar cars, now, Polestar is an electric car brand, so they're kind of similar to Tesla in that respect. If you go on their Instagram channel, they've got half a million followers, so they're nowhere near as popular as Tesla, but their content is exactly what you would expect to see from a car brand. It's well-designed, there's very clear brand guidelines, the images all match, the design language has been very considered. This looks like a really premium brand and something that is a bit more kind of influency. They've got exciting looking products, they're trying harder and it looks really slick. If you go on their website, you'll see that they've got a great blog, a great content section on their site with loads of kind of influence and thought-led type pieces. So they've got interviews with prominent people. Uh, they've got features about their new products, explaining how they all work and that type of stuff. And it's got kind of informational, useful, entertaining content on the site. Again, exactly what we would expect to see someone like Tesla doing. So these competitors, they're doing everything right, in quotes, but yet Tesla is still winning. So what's going on? Well, before we go through that, let me just say that if you want help with your digital marketing, you can request a free website and digital marketing review from Exposure Ninja. We help businesses generate more leads and sales through their websites. And we offer a service called a free website and digital marketing review, which analyzes your website, your digital marketing, your social channels, and also your competitors to see where you could put the most energy for the most return. So how you can grow your business fastest using the opportunities that are available to you. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today.
Okay, so why is Tesla the most valuable D2C brand in the world and the undisputed marketing heavyweight of the electric car world, despite doing 99% of its digital marketing absolutely terribly? Well, it's because they have one primary marketing strategy, and that is influencer marketing. Now, I'm not talking about the typical influencer campaign. Actually, from what I can tell, Tesla has only ever worked with two influencers. One in China, the other one happens to be their CEO. Elon Musk is the greatest influencer of all time. Now, how can I say that Elon Musk is the greatest influencer of all time? Surely, Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner, uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, Elon hasn't even sold skinny tea or tanning products. He's not even on Instagram. He doesn't even have a bio on his Twitter page, right? <laughs> How can he possibly be the greatest ever influencer? Well, here are some stuff for you. There are more than 3000 tweets about Elon per hour. 3000 tweets per hour. That's more than anyone. Elon can move the value of Bitcoin by 10% of its market cap with a tweet, with a single tweet. That's approximately $150 billion in market movement by one tweet. There is no one else on earth who has that sort of leverage. So what's going on here? How has Elon built such a dedicated and loyal and highly influenced following? How has he built this sort of influence over so many people. And then we're going to look at how he's directing that to Tesla. Well, people often talk about Elon as a bit of a kind of cult hero. And I wanted to explore cult leadership a little bit further, because I actually think while people jokingly say, oh, yeah, you know, Elon's a bit of a, a cult figure in the, the kind of digital and tech world, actually, he, he really is. According to cult researcher and author Yanya Lalic, I'm sure I said that wrong, she's Professor Emerita of Sociology at California State University, cult leaders tend to have four characteristics. Now, three of these we're going to explore. The first is that they are charismatic. They have a magnetism that is hard to resist. So does that apply to Elon Musk? Absolutely. He is so understated. He is so kind of counterculture. This is someone who sold all of his possessions and told all of his followers about the fact that he was selling all of his possessions. One of the world's richest people who owns nothing. He knows his audience and he knows how to interact. This isn't someone who's built their charisma by just being in a glass box and broadcasting out. This is someone who feeds off the energy of his audience. He enjoys being a more extreme version of his audience. For example, he got a dog, and the dog is the same dog as the Dogecoin dog, right? This is the viral, super smash, hilarious joke cryptocurrency that he has in no small part been massively responsible for inflating the value of. He got a dog, which was that dog. Now, he is doing this. He's baiting his followers. He's talking in their language but taking things a step further. And this is his pattern. He doesn't care about people that aren't his customers. If you have the CEO of a $750 billion company posting obscure memes and talking about in-jokes and stuff that's kind of interesting to tech geeks and weirdos, for example, one of his posts is just 
emojilution it's different emojis going through some sort of different state i don't get it i'm not the target audience but his audience freaked out and went crazy for it and it had over a hundred thousand likes this is not standard behavior of a ceo or the face or the personal brand face of a company at all but he knows his audience he knows what gets them excited and he's happy to take that to the extreme he's posting memes he's posting random thoughts. He's posting essentially garbage, but it's all finely tuned, either intentionally or not, to resonate with that audience. And that builds huge cult following. So charismatic, he's absolutely charismatic. The second character trait of a cult leader is that they are unpredictable. Now, is Elon unpredictable? He's the sort of person that gets up at the front of stage of a new car demonstration and tries to smash a window of a new car with a hammer. He's the sort of person that starts a company that drills holes and calls it the boring company and then releases a flamethrower which people can buy with the boring company logo on. He creates something like the Cybertruck, which if you've seen it looks nothing like any other vehicle on the road. He has a child with a name that I can't even explain. This is someone who is absolutely unpredictable. You never know where it's going to go. And that brings about the sort of curiosity that people saw with Trump. With Trump, it's kind of entertaining because it's a car crash and it's happening and you never know what's going to happen. Well, with Elon, you don't get that sense of danger, but you do get that sense of unexpected. Where's he going to go? What's going to happen next? So charismatic, unpredictable, absolutely. The final trait of the cult leader that we're going to examine here is that he has a clear motivating force behind his actions. So Elon has always talked about the three things that he wanted to impact, right? It was finance, which he did with PayPal. It was space travel and making mankind multi-planetary, which he's doing with SpaceX. And it was the move to electric, uh, which he's doing with Tesla. This is someone who talks with a grand vision of changing the world or even the universe. He thrives in a world of chaos and disruption. He thrives with showing people that the old world is kind of burning and in the past and irrelevant. There's going to be an exciting new dawn and he is going to be the leader of that. That is the narrative of a cult leader. So he has literally built himself into a cult leader and that cult leadership is what has grown Tesla. So the story here is of one person with crazy big goals, taking on the world and winning. He's faced adversity at multiple times through his journey, whether it's with, you know, uh, short sellers targeting Tesla, whether it's with criticism over his cryptocurrency, whether it's uh, criticism about his, you know, uh, influence on markets, that type of stuff. He faces all of this criticism, which makes for gripping viewing and galvanizes his followers to follow him even more into double down into into this kind of <laughs> the cult of Elon, if you like. This is Tesla's strength. This is everything that Tesla has done right, is Elon. Then he focuses and channels all of that attention and that influence into one brand, well, two brands really, Tesla and SpaceX, but primarily Tesla. That is where it gets most of his focus. So we can look at Elon as the traffic driver and the brand builder of Tesla. But Tesla itself, it's not strictly true that it's doing nothing right. Absolutely, it's failing on many of the areas of digital marketing. However, it's got a few 
really, really important areas very, very right. The first of these is their proposition. Trying to market a business that doesn't have a winning proposition is very, very difficult. We get sent websites. I was reviewing a site yesterday for a business that sells um, pet products through e-commerce, really struggling to get traction. There was nothing about this business that would make you want to buy a pet product through their website. Nothing at all. They are standard products that you can buy on loads of different sites. Prices are slightly higher. There's nothing bespoke. There's been no curation of those products at all. Some of them look rubbish. Some of them look okay. But you know, there is no proposition. This is a, a business without a head, if you like. And really, really difficult to market something like that. That's not a problem Tesla faces. They are on the right side of a trend, the move to electric vehicles, and they have been happy to be a pioneer in this space. They have a product that their audience loves. You couldn't sell a lot of something like a car without it being reasonable. Otherwise, things are going to get very, very bad. If you're selling a lot of something that sucks, that is a very fast way to destroy the business. If you're going to sell in volume, you need to be good. And Tesla has done that. So they have a very clear proposition. They also have a very clear target audience and they milk this target audience. Just like Elon gets his customer, Tesla gets their customer. They go wild for things like the Cybertruck. Ford, General Motors, whatever, would never ever release something like the Cybertruck because it would repulse so many of their target audience. Tesla is not afraid to do that. They know it's a dog whistle for their target audience. Tesla will build in quirks and uh, Easter eggs to their products like dog mode, night rider mode, so that when you walk past the car, it makes stuff like night rider. A Tesla car will sing songs to you. It will make fart noises. This is stuff that is designed to resonate with the audience. You could call these marketing stunts, and they basically are. The whole Cybertruck project is essentially a massive marketing stunt. But it, like I said, it's a dog whistle to Tesla's target customer. There's a rebellious punk attitude in a business that does these types of things. The next thing that Tesla has got really right is the story. When's the last time an audience and even the whole of society was so aware of where a company builds its factories? Tesla's gigafactories make front page news where they're going to build the next one. This is something that the world is kind of interested in the progress of this outlier brand. Just like people get absorbed in Elon's story and all his adversities, so they do with Tesla. There's one area of digital marketing in particular that they do really, really well, and that is their product page. So when you go on their site to buy a car, firstly, you have to pretty much know the car that you want if you're going to buy one from Tesla because their website does a horrible job of trying to explain the differences. So you've got to put a lot of research in and you've got to do that stuff yourself because it almost looks like they're not interested in helping you work out the difference. But once you've done that, once you've basically sold yourself on this car and you go through the process of going onto their product page, that page is fantastic. It's really well laid out. Now we did a no-cut teardown of the Quaker. Uh, brand, the boiling water tap. And we noticed that they had a product page which had some good upsells on, but none of those upsells were particularly well explained, which made it very difficult for you to buy some of the more expensive ones because there wasn't much context around them. Well, Tesla has not made that mistake. Tesla has done a fantastic job of their product page. So first thing, you choose the kind of base model of your car and it's got different uh, versions. And underneath each version, there's a feature details button 
which you can click to see more detailed information and images of each of the different uh, kind of upgrades that are available. This is a fantastic way of doing it because it doesn't crowd the page. People only can click on feature details if they want them, but it gives people who do need that information all the stuff that they need to be able to make a choice. You've then got the color selector, you can choose different wheels, you can choose different interior. And as you're scrolling down these different options, the product images on the left hand side of the page, they change so you can see the impact of all of your changes on the look of the car. You can then choose other high-end features like enhanced autopilot, full self-driving capability, and then you click to the payment button. So you've gone through about five steps and you've specced out a car that might be £90,000. It's so, so, so simple. Compare this to the build a car options on other sites where yes, they have more options, but that makes it so much more complicated and such a lengthy procedure. This is infinitely simpler. Plus, on most other sites, for example, if you do this with a Range Rover, you then get directed to, you know, a dealer, find a dealer, take this, print this out and go and take it to a dealer. What an antiquated process with Tesla, the call to action button says, continue to payment, you just go straight through and you can buy that car there and then. So Tesla has done a really good job in one area of their website, which is the conversion optimization of this product page. So that's no joke. You can't mess around, you can't be have a rubbish conversion, a rubbish checkout flow if how your customers buy from you is your website. That is one area that you cannot mess up. They've also um, done a great job of building brand. Tesla, according to Google Trends, has higher search volume than electric car. Tesla is bigger than electric car. And this is the benefit of having the world's greatest influencer as your CEO. So here you can see why it doesn't matter necessarily that they've left all of these gaps. Now what's interesting is for areas that Tesla isn't so well known, for example, solar panels, solar roofs, they are running ads, they're doing more traditional digital marketing. And it's fascinating to see how they're doing that in those areas where they need to get traction and it's maybe not so sexy and fun to talk about. And perhaps perhaps it's even an area where Elon isn't so passionate himself because he doesn't post so much about it. But in those areas, they are relying on more traditional digital marketing. But for the cars, most of that stuff just isn't a consideration. Okay, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, consider subscribing. Don't forget also that you can check out the video versions of all of these on our YouTube channel. Let's move into the final section of this podcast, which is actionable stuff. What are the takeaways? What are the lessons that we can learn? Action item number one, become Elon Musk. Cheers, Tim. I know that most businesses, in fact, almost all businesses can't do what Tesla has done here. They can't be so deficient in so many areas, knowing that their charismatic CEO is basically going to build the entire visibility and brand themselves that's not viable. But what we can do is we can take some of the lessons that have made Elon and Tesla so, so popular. The first of those is understanding your audience. By listening and engaging constantly with his target customers, Elon knows how to resonate. Dogecoin, flamethrowers, Occupy Mars, these are components of a story, intentional or not, that has been designed to resonate with a specific type of person. That person also happens to be a very likely potential buyer of electric cars either now or in the future. 
So this only comes from understanding the target audience. That's why this approach would never work for someone like Ford or GM, ruled by committee by executives that are so far detached from the common man and woman, the common target audience. They don't have that sort of resonance. Elon does because he listens, because he's a social media native. He's reading the comments. He gets what people are into and knows how to play on that. Tesla has a fantastic business proposition. They're sufficiently differentiated from their competitors. None of this stuff works if Tesla products aren't actually loved by customers. You can't build a cult following if the thing that you're selling is crap. Sell a lot of something mediocre or worse and things get pretty bad pretty quickly. And the more you sell, the, the more that badness scales, if you like. The next lesson, once you find something that works, go all in. So usually at this stage of a brand's evolution, the founder would have had to tone things down a bit. Legal would have stepped in and they'd be approving every post, you know, particularly once Elon starts getting investigated for his impact on moving financial markets and impacting the price of things like Bitcoin, the legal team would have been in hysterics. And yet, here is Elon continuing to post, continuing to cause trouble. So we can only imagine the conversations that have happened there. But one thing is for sure is that ultimately, the, the company, the whole organization has decided that it's better not to dampen the cult effect than to play it safe. It's better to pay the fines, pay all the negative stuff that comes out of that than to dampen the cult effect of Elon's personality. And that ties into the warning, which we'll go to in just a second. The final lesson is that people build a relationship with people easier than they do with brand. Our survival has depended on our ability to build relationships with each other. A brand is an artificial concept. And we see with Tesla that actually the brand itself doesn't really have that much of a personality. Honestly, the cars look fairly generic. Yes, they have these quirky features built in, but these are almost like an extension of Elon's personality rather than an extension of Tesla's personality, arguably. The Tesla post, the Tesla tone of voice is so generic, it's so factual. There is no personality behind this at all. But that doesn't really matter because Tesla and Elon are so synonymous with each other that people embed Elon's personality in the brand. So there's a lesson for all of us there. If you're building a company and you have a figurehead or you are the figurehead of the business, don't be afraid to let your personality come through and the raw unfiltered version of your personality as well. That's exactly what's been done here. So is there a warning in all of this? You could look at this as a massive dependency on one particular marketing channel. We looked very recently at how businesses can very quickly become over-reliant on one single marketing channel and the dangers of this. For example, if patterns shift, if trends shift, and that marketing channel is no longer so influential. Well, there is a version of that danger here. You could argue that Elon's companies are linked inextricably to him. So were there to be a scandal or were something to happen to him personally, they would undeniably lose their most important and arguably their only marketing asset. This means there's no exit for him. He is locked into this business. He is built in at the core. He is the backbone of this company and the head and the mouth. If you take him away, what do you have left? Well, we probably won't find out because he's not going to be able to exit. He cannot rest. He cannot have a social media team 
run his account for him. He has to always be on. This is truly all or nothing for him. Now that works for him, but it won't work for everyone. And it's not necessarily a desirable thing for everyone either. If I was personally running Tesla, I would be, because I am super aware of my own mortality, I would be wanting digital marketing channels to be showing that actually we're doing absolutely fine with cold, unbranded traffic. We're competing for electric car terms. We're winning in our own right without this kind of personality. And whilst Tesla has some of that, there is nowhere near as much of that as there is the Elon effect that's driving people in. So this is a fantastic and fascinating brand study for digital marketing and the importance of some areas, but maybe in some cases, brand can destroy the need to do any of this other stuff that we talk about all of the time. Of course, the caveat here is that Tesla is extremely, extremely rare. There are so many businesses and uh, um, business people that look up to Elon and want to model that success. And yet there are so few companies that can truly pull this off. Even if we think about brands like Amazon with Jeff Bezos, the personality effect is nowhere near as strong. Possibly the closest is going to be um, Apple with Steve Jobs, who, you know, their greatest influencer has been dead for what feels like maybe almost a decade. So that's an, another example of a brand that was built by influencer. But Tesla has taken this to another extreme. It will be fascinating to see how many other businesses are built in this way and whether it's a replicable model, i.e., can you? go off and intentionally build a version of Tesla? Or are there other things that are tied in? But certainly the digital marketing that we talk about day in day out at Exposure Ninja, much more scalable, much more replicable for the majority of businesses. But that's not to say that there aren't lessons to be learned by this. So understand your audience, but have a killer business proposition. Once you find something that works, go all in and allow your customers to build a relationship with figureheads in your business. These are things that we can all do to grow our companies. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. We release a new episode every week. Check out the YouTube channel at Exposure Ninja and I'll see you next time.